We talk about church membership according to the Bible. Ephesians chapter number one. Look at verse number 22. We'll get started. Bible says, hath put all things under his feet, that be Jesus Christ, and gave him, that be Jesus Christ, to be the head over all things to the church. Jesus Christ, first point is he is the head of the church. Then it says, uh, the church is his body, verse 23, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. Pretty simple to understand that Christ is the head, but you need to have members to make the body complete. Does that make sense? So when we hear this term, everybody agrees with it very simply that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. The church is his body, and then those bodies need to be here to make up the members. Does it make sense? We get Christ as the head, but let's try to consider our part. Look at verse, uh, look uh, at Ephesians, uh, the 10th verse. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 10. Watch what it says. It says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one. You, you got to come together. Thank you for being here. That's a blessing. When you walked into the building, you didn't walk into the church. When you walked into the church house, you as a member of his body now started to be connected corporately with the other members. That he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. We've, we've, we've got to come together. That's why he purchased the church. It's his church. He's the head. We are part of his body and we have to come together. You have to do that. Look at in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Go to verse 23. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place. It's an example here in the Bible where there's a place that they're all meeting and all speak with tongues and come in. Those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? Now, we're not going to get into all the tongues and all that, but how does that even happen? There's a place where people are coming together. Verse 24, but if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not, well, what do you mean come in one? Come into those gatherings those gatherings of the believers or one is unlearned he is convinced of all he is judged of all and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest and so falling down on his face he will worship god and report that god is in you of a truth verse 26 the next point i'd like to get to in first corinthians 14 first one we looked at was they're coming into a place they're gathering in a place Look at verse 26. How is it then, brethren? When you come together, every one of you hath the psalm, hath the doctrine, hath the tongue, hath the revelation, hath the interpretation. Let all things be done unto what? Edifying. 
if you truly want to be a biblical member of a biblical local assembly, a local called out assembly of believers, gather together in a place for the purpose of what? Verse 26, edify. We come together for edification. And when you fail to come together into one place and you say you're a member, well, where are you? Because it's not edifying to me or anybody else when you don't show up. There's some edification that is needed and that God said he gave as the purpose for his church. Edification. Verse 27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. We're not preaching on these verses expositionally. We're mentioning them as we go through, and I'll just make the point that things are going on. And God's ordering how to handle some things. But the point is they're coming together. And God wants us all to be edified. Verse 29, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye all may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Last point I want to make is this in verse 33. But God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all churches of the saints. Two points. First off, we're looking at they came together in a place. Second off, we looked at the purpose of them coming together was to be edified. And third off, the point I'd like to make, two of them in this verse. Should be peace. Peaceful assembly should be a spirit of peace, not confusion. That's why all those verses we read leading up to that, God's trying to work out order because there's some confusion on things. You've got to come together in a place and you've got to be able to have some edification. And if you don't have some order within those members, it's just going to be confusion. There is going to be no peace. God wants us to have peace and unity together. The last thing I'd like to point out in that verse, look at the end where it says, as in all churches of the saints. I thought there was one church and Christ is the head. There is. What is this in reference to then? Local called out assemblies. And if you look around any town, any state, any country, what are you going to find? Different assemblies gathering together. Those are called the churches that are part of the one true church of Jesus Christ. If they're preaching the right gospel and worshiping the right Lord. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Go to first Corinthians chapter number 12. First Corinthians chapter number 12. Not just as verse number 12. 
For as the body is one, well, praise God, we're part of the body that makes us one. But wait, and have many members. You're not all the members. I'm not all the members. We're part of the one body. And all the members that, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Amen. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's the baptism that makes you part of the church. The spirit baptism. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one body. For the body is not one member, but many. Christ wants us gathering as members. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand. Does your body need a foot and a hand? If you were to lose your foot, would it affect your body? If you're a foot in the body of Christ and you leave, does it affect the body? Yes. And if you're a foot, stop thinking of yourself as the foot that's the whole body. It's not. There's a hand that needs help from the foot. And this analogy is so clear. It says, verse 16, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. It is therefore not of the body. The whole body were an eye. Where were the hearing? The whole hearing, where were the smelling? It's that simple stuff, guys. You trusted Christ? You see your head? Are you a member of that church? Yes. Then get into one of the churches. <laughs> The local called out assemblies. Getting Get into one of those and join yourselves as a member. Show up and say, hey, I'm an eye. Great. The ear says, we've been waiting for you. You show up and you say, I'm a hand. Great. And Mr. Foot goes over and says, well, good to meet you. I'm Mr. Foot. Good to have you. I'm so glad you made. We've been waiting for you to join into our body. And then before you know it, you've got an eye and you've got an ear and you've got a hand and you've got a foot. And those members are joining together. Praise the Lord. Let's keep reading. Verse number uh, 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Well, I don't like what the preacher says. When did it say it had to please you? Are you going through the word of God with the preacher? Okay. Are you able to check out everything he says in the word of God? Okay. But when one little thing sets a member off, they're off on their own. Who does that to their body? Have you ever met anybody that stubs their toe and then goes over to the kitchen counter and grabs the sharpest knife they can? Boom! And just cuts their toe off. Why do Christians do that? Because they want to be the one that sets the terms for the members. But God said, God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, we were the body. A lot of people think they're improving themselves when they leave. 
bless God, I'm just looking for a good Bible preaching church. Well, you found one. You found one right here. You found one. But there's going to be a Sunday or a couple of Sundays where a, a foot, a member, a foot is going to rub a hand, another member, the wrong way. I'm a member of this church. I might rub you the wrong way. I didn't leave sound doctrine. Or we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be a New Testament church. One of the men may come up here and they may teach a Bible lesson and it may rub you the wrong way. They didn't leave sound doctrine. Well, we're just going to go and poke our eye out. Really? Yeah, really. That's ha that ha it happens every Sunday. Because people want to set the terms for the membership. But now are they many members yet one body? Verse 20. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head of the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Well, I'm just a feeble member. Okay, great. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. You're, you're needed. You're needed. Stop giving yourself a spiritual excuse to not show up and be part of the body. Well, I'm feeble. Oh, great. We need feeble people. You're needed. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely part have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. You see that? God does the tempering, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. People come, well, I just don't think I fit in. I just don't think I'm needed. God says, he'll temper the body. And God said, if you think you have lacking, he'll make sure the abundant honor is dispersed. God will do that. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. You come in and say, well, where's, where's Brother Jimmy? And my wife said, well, he didn't show up this morning because somebody rubbed him the wrong way. How long are you going to stay? I'm going to that church. Every time the pastor gets rubbed the wrong way, he doesn't come. Yet church members all across the United States give themselves a pass with that type of thinking. I'm not coming to church. The preacher rubbed me the wrong way. Is the preacher allowed to do that? I'm a member just like you're a member. I want to care for you, and I would hope the same care would be provided to me. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Wasn't it great when we did the baptism last week? All the members rejoicing. That's great. That's a wonderful thing. It's enjoying the fruit of membership. Now, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that, miracles and gifts of help, 
Governments, mercy of tongues, are all apostles? No, are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Obviously, when you read through all those, the point with all of those, what do you call them, rhetorical questions, is that, well, no. Everybody isn't all the same. Eye, ear, hand, foot, we're all different. We're all needed. We're all needed. If you don't have the gift of teaching, why would we put you up here and have you teach? Did you ever see somebody driving down the road with their feet? No, that's not what that member of the body was called to do. You see people have their hands on the steering wheel. Why? Because that's what the member of that body is called to do. Drive. Hold the steering wheel. You know what the foot does is on the gas and the brake. If you're not called to work the gas pedal, work the steering wheel. If you're not called to work the steering wheel, work the gas pedal. We're not all the same. We don't have all the same gifts. Okay. Amen. Amen. You know what the issue is in church e evangelical Christianity today? The individual members think of themselves first, not the body. It's not convenient for me. Baseball practice, nobody says that. Little Billy says, Mom, it's baseball practice. It's baseball practice. Little Billy is up mom's tail all day to get the baseball practice. And mom gets him there. I got to get there or I'm going to get kicked off the team. I got to get there or I'm not going to start in the game. I got to get there or... People don't care. They don't care enough about the body. They only care about themselves. And they don't take that philosophy in anything else in life. They don't show up for work late. Why? Because it's important to them and they don't want to get fired. and They're getting money. Christ church should have a bigger priority than football practice, baseball practice, or you got upset at something. I get upset at something every week. You know why I show up? Because I'm thinking of the body. If something is important to you, you will get up early in the morning. You will get ready. You will get to church. You will be on time. You will be a blessing to the people that are there. And you will stop worrying about your petty little things that bother you because I've got them too. We all have them. Every single one of us. And we can focus on our problems for 2023 or we can just focus on the body and get our eyes on Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter number one. Millions of people think that when they get baptized by water, that makes them a member of the church. First Corinthians chapter one, verse number 17. Bible says, for Christ sent me not to baptize. It can't get any clearer than that. But to what? Preach the gospel. Look at verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. 
but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Do you know what the first thing you ought to do as a believer on and in the Lord Jesus Christ? The very first thing you should do is be scripturally baptized by immersion in water. That's the very first thing you should do as an act of obedience and as a way of showing your appreciation and your gratefulness for what our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, did for us. And someone that refuses to be scripturally baptized by immersion in water is showing their rebellious act against God and God's order. It's an act of rebellion. Now, if you weren't taught it and you don't know and no one mentioned it to you, that's one thing. But most people can clearly understand that all through the book of Acts, every single believer did what? Got baptized. It's not hard to figure out. And if you haven't figured that out, I'm helping you figure it. You get baptized. Water baptism as a believer is vitally important. But water baptism, water baptism is not salvation. It doesn't make you part. It doesn't make you a member of the universal church. And it doesn't make you a member of the local church. I'm not so sure. I didn't think you would be so sure. So let's go to Acts chapter 2. Let's go to the book of Acts. Everybody, if we could just get back, I'd love to have a church like in the book of Acts. No, you wouldn't. People don't want the church like the book of Acts. They just like saying those things out of nostalgia. We're trying to be like the church in the book of Acts, minus some of the stuff that's been transitioned out. But watch what happens in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. My, oh my, so many places to start. Uh, okay, let's start at verse number 41. Acts 2, 41. Then they that gladly received what? His word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They heard the word. They heard the preaching of the gospel and they did what? They gladly received it. But as many as received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior? Okay. Then they that gladly received his word were what? Baptized. What happened first? They were Receivers of the word. They trusted Christ and they were made, they were baptized into his body by the Holy Spirit. You know what they did next? They were baptized by water. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. You see the semicolon in the middle of that verse? It's a sentence that's not the end of a sentence. 
It's a semicolon that binds those two thoughts together. Thought one, you have to gladly receive the word before you're baptized. Thought two, the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. How did those 3,000 souls be added? Each and every single one of them were added the same way. They received the word. Now that they're members, you know what they did? They were baptized. Verse 42. After they were baptized, when they were already members, what did they do? Continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That means they showed up to church. And fellowship. We have at least 12 fellowship suppers a year. At least. If you count the youth nights, we have 12 of those a year. One a month. That's 24 fellowships. If you count all of the evangelistic efforts that we do, we have, what would you say, Brother Chris, at least, at least three or four a month? At least. That's another 40 fellow. You got at least 60, at least 60 opportunities more than once a week. You have an opportunity to not just come and hear doctrine, which is what we're all doing, but to fellowship. And this idea, I'm just going to come in, I'm going to sit in a pew, I'm going to hear some doctrine, I'm going to evaluate the preacher, then I'm going to spend the, spend the west, rest of the week researching online to make sure it's really right. That's not what God wants. He doesn't want you hiding behind a screen trying to figure out if something can be more right that isn't as right as you think it should be right. Happy New Year. I'm excited to be in God's Word. But I'm excited to be able to fellowship with God's people. How come more members aren't excited to fellowship with God and his people? How do you fellowship? You break bread and you pray. People can learn a lot from the Italians. They're going to sit down and break some bread with you. Got to catch up with an old Paisano friend over at the Bible conference. He's from New York, grew up in New York. And uh, he loves me and I love him. Why? Because we're Italian. And there's some uh, commonality there of understanding what it means to sit down and break bread. You know what God wants his people to do together? Break some bread. Have a meal. There's over 60 opportunities to do that and, pr and to pray together. It's a blessing to, play, to pray with God's people. I want to be a member of, a, of, a, of, of, your, of your church. Okay, what do I do? What are the rights of my membership? Well, you get to be baptized. You get to hear doctrine. You get to have fellowship. You get to break bread with us. You get to pray and you get to evangelize. What, what, what else are we looking for? We're going to do it like the book of Acts. It's the book of Acts did. Well, I don't show up to any of the fellowships because I don't like the person that. Okay, well, you don't say that when you go to uh, Olive Garden on Friday night. There's probably a bunch of people in there you don't like. 
<laughs> we only do it at church because because it's because we're us. Better move on, or we'll be there all day. Verse forty-seven. Come to the end. Praising God and having favor with all the people. <clears throat> and the Baptist preacher added to the church. Nope. And the deacon board added to the church. Nope. And the business meeting at the end of the month where everybody came together and more people voted yay than nay added them to the church. No. The Lord added to the church daily such as what? Should be saved. We need more people that are going to be running the Bible. We're going to be running their local church. What, how it says membership is in the book of Acts, not by what Robert's rule of order says. Where do you find Robert's rule of order in the Bible? You don't. Uh, Acts 5. We want to do it like the book of Acts. You don't want to do it like the book of Acts. I'm trying to convince you that we should do it like the book of Acts. Acts 5 verse 14. Who adds to the church? You think it's me when I outright you a little certificate? Praise God. Got the uh, baptized brother Chris. Praise the Lord. You know what I gave him? A certificate as a form of mem memory of when his baptism was. That's a blessing to my heart to be able to do that. I have no power to add Chris to this church. You know who does? That's the one who we're rejoicing about when we do things. Acts 5, verse number 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. He's not added to me. I'm not added to him. We are all added to the Lord, who is added? Believers. We see that? Ask yourself this question. Who was added? Believers. Believers that were baptized in water? No. Believers were the more added. You trust Christ? You're part of the church. Believers were the more added. After you're a believer, what do you do? What did we say 10 minutes ago? First thing you should do is what? Be scripturally baptized by immersion in water. If you don't, you either don't know or you do know, and you're just shaking your fist at God. And it's just rebellion to God. Acts 11. Look at verse number 19. Now they, which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they set forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came 
and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto who? The Lord. We are looking to add people unto the Lord. That's why the other privilege of church membership is we get to evangelize. The Lord adds them to his church. And it'd be great if they want to come and fellowship with us. We can get them baptized. We can break bread with them. We can fellowship. We can pray with them. We can teach them doctrine. And then we can take them out to evangelize. And then that cycle repeats itself. Isn't that much better than Robert's rule of order? I'd say so. How do you have order in a church? You baptize believers. You pray with them. You fellowship with them. You break, uh, break bread with them. And you go out and you evangelize with them. And if you follow that order, saints are edifying. And there's peace, not, not um, confusion. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Believers were at it. And traditionally, we are following the same thing they did in the book of Acts, meeting on the first day of the week. And if you don't want to call it Sunday because it's named after the sun god, sun's day, call it the first day of the week. And that's what they were doing in the book of Acts. Can you meet on Monday? Yes. Can you meet on Tuesday? Yes. Second day of the week, third day of the week, fourth day of the week, fifth day of the week, sixth day of the week. Can you do that? You can. And we do meet on some of those days. But we also follow this tradition that first day of the week. And that's a blessing. Romans 12. Romans chapter number 12. What do members of Pilgrim Baptist Church get to do? Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know what you get to do as a member of Pilgrim Baptist Church? Live sacrificially. Live holy. Live acceptably unto God. And be not conformed to this world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It testifies to the world that's lost and dying. It testifies to them what is good and perfect and acceptable and what God's will is for Christians. When you live that way, it testifies to this world. Now, don't get them saved. It's just a testimony to say, well, they're different. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. 
And you know why people leave good Bible-believing churches? That verse right there. They think more highly of themselves. And they get offended when things don't go exactly the way they want them to go. And if you've got it all figured out, then why aren't you pastoring a church and helping everybody out? Because they're not there to pastor the church. They're there to beat up the pastor and the members that are trying to do something for God. I don't want to be that person. I don't want our church to be that church. I want us to be an example church. You know, we go to a Bible conference. There's all different pastors there. All different churches and different church members there. All gathering together in one place. If pilgrim members go, I am hoping and praying. And I trust that we're not looking to go there to find out what's wrong. Well, that preacher said what's wrong. That preacher said what's wrong. That preacher said. Why? Because all we're doing is exalting ourselves and our knowledge higher than anybody else. I can't fellowship with them. They don't have that right. Well, can we do that to you? <laughs> but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, and you want, if you feel God's called you to preach, I will help you follow that calling. I will teach you the word of God. I will give you opportunities to pray and to fellowship and to do evangelism and to teach the word of God and have pulpit time. I will give you every opportunity. I will help you be sent out from this local church and start a work somewhere else that needs a good local church. If that's your call, if that's you feel God, I will help. I will do everything I can to help you. Even if you disagree with me on some smaller points of doctrine. Someone asked me to preach through the book of Ezekiel. You don't want me preaching through the book of Ezekiel. You'll find more to disagree with if I go through that book than anything. Oh, you, oh, you should preach through the book of Revelation. You don't want me to preach through the book of Revelation. Because the same things that's going to happen that happens when we get to stuff like this. People are going to get upset. We don't have the same office. But if you want the office, I'll help you get to it. I am not going to stop you. I'm not going to be threatened by you. I will get right beside you and help you get where God wants you to be. I am not threatened by anybody that wants to preach or teach the word of God. I'm not. I'll, help. I'll do everything in my power to help you because I believe we need more strong men teaching and preaching the word of God. So hallelujah and happy new year again. Welcome to 2023. Last verse, for we, or so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another.